What is up, listeners? Welcome back to Ringmasters, your weekly CM Life wrestling podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jameson Galloway. Jameson, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Dude, I'm, uh, I am excited to talk about some wrestling. I am, too. Let's get into it, man. It was a good good week. Good week. Good pay-per-view. Really Backlash good pay-per-view. happened this weekend. I was. That's one of the best pay-per-view shows I've seen in a while. Just pure wrestling, not a lot of nonsense. It's fun to watch. Yeah, and everybody got, like at least 15 minutes to yeah. show off their stuff. Like these guys who never get that sort of time uh, were all sort of given a uh, proper amount of time to get done what they had to get done. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, we started off with a shorter match between uh, Baron Corbin, uh, who beat Apollo Crews. Uh, just a fun little pre-show match. I was happy to see uh, Baron Corbin go over. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Baron Corbin fan. I think this guy could go a long way, and I was happy to see him get the win over Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. I think those are two guys definitely who they need to find something to do with uh, because they're both good, but you can't just leave them out there with nothing. So right. I think just having them on the pay-per-view was great because they're both good performers, but I feel like they need to start moving into some storyline here pretty soon. I agree. I agree. And I, and uh, Baron Corbin on SmackDown this week uh, mentioned that he wants to go for that title uh, on AJ Styles. So That could ne- be a fun match. You never know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, up next, we had six-pack challenge for the Women's SmackDown Championship between Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, Naomi, Nikki Bella, and Natalia. Wow, what a good match. Man. I love this match. I was uh, I was rooting hard for Carmella because that's who I picked last week, and she was this close. She almost pulled it off, but uh, you, you had the right pick. You picked Becky, and she's got the title now. She's got the fire, man. Yeah. She's yeah. got the fire. What a fun match. Um, I like the six-pack challenge. I think... They, they they did something similar on SmackDown this week, but I, I like it. I think I think the SmackDown's women roster we we Sean mentioned a little bit last week, but it's pretty strong women's division over there. Mm. I, I like it a lot. I think they got a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean the the six of them all got to look good. Uh, everybody got to show off their stuff. Naomi looked especially good. She got to break out all of her moves that you don't normally see because they don't normally give her a lot of time. But she looked great. Uh, Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss and Carmella, and they all looked really, really good. It was a really fun, competitive match. Naomi's entrance is a little much for me. It's a little much? I don't know what you feel. I just feel like there's too much going on there. The lights, it's like, what am I watching? This is wrestling, not a dance show, you know? I thought it was fun. To be honest, like, I'm glad they're giving her that instead of, you know, nothing at all. That's true. Better than nothing. Yeah. My only one nitpick of this was that um, there were a bunch of spots where they kept throwing, where there'd be two women in the ring and the last one would throw the other one out, or there'd be three women in the ring and one of them would throw the other two out, and then they'd just stand there. Like, it was an elimination match, but it wasn't. Right. So they'd throw them out and then just kind of stand there and taunt, and it would have been okay. They did that spot, like, seven times, though. <laughs> it, it was, like, before the Alexa Bliss got eliminated uh, with that combo, before that, they did it a lot, and it was just like... Why are we why why like why so much in five minutes? Yeah, they were they were very rarely all in the ring at the same time. It was there's a lot of one on one or three three women in the ring at once. It was there was never a lot of action in the ring with all six. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like that's the right call. Yeah, you know, like don't try to you know you got to leave the audience. You got to lead their eyes to something. Right. You can't just have too much people in the ring is overwhelming at times. Right. Like if they had done uh, some of those like that. Um, the blockbuster that Alexa Bliss got hit with, but then there was also other three other people in the ring that might not have come across the same way. So, yeah, but overall, um, great work from everybody. Happy with Becky getting the title. She does deserve it. She's uh, she The title looks good on her. She'll probably run with that for a while. Uh, she did. She deserved it. Definitely. Well, I love just her uh, post-match reaction, too. She's so easy to like. Yeah, she is. She's so great. 
So I hope she keeps that for a while because she can definitely have good matches and definitely make it important since it's a brand new title and she's the first ever woman to hold it. And I can't imagine imagine uh, Alexa Bliss taking it off her quick. So, I mean, the, she, she'll have it for at least a couple months, I would say. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Just, you know, give it some validity. And uh, definitely. So, um, coming up next, we have the tag team tournament, uh, the semifinals, uh, because they had to do a little bit of reworking. Uh, because American Alpha were sadly taken out of the tournament. Those are my favorites to start with. But we had Hype Bros versus the Heel Usos. They did not dance. They no. just showed up wearing mostly black. I like the Heel Usos. I, I thought it, they've been they've been baby faces for a long time. I think this is a good change. They got a new attitude. They're trying to injure everyone <laughs> with uh, back leg kicks. But uh, I like the the Heel Usos. Good stuff. They uh, I think they could go somewhere. Yeah, they can uh, win those titles again. Definitely, and I'm I'm interested in them for maybe the first time ever. Exactly, I think like they're they're always they're for a younger audience than I am. Like always, they with seem the face to be that paint way. and all the the colorful stuff. But uh, yeah, they got a they got a new attitude now. It's it's really working well. Like they strike that balance between barely looking like they want to be there and turning their offense into something even more brutal. Like the chops, they would turn their body halfway around. But also they do that super kick to the back of the leg, which looks like the most oh. devastating thing. How does in the that world. not actually like tear an ACL every time they do it? It looks awful. <sighs> Poor Zack Ryder. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right into the Tequila Sunrise too. I love that oh, submission yeah. combo that they Great got. Name. Great name. Yeah. So I am really interested to see what they do with them. Uh, but uh, that was that was a solid match. Uh, up next might have been my favorite match of the night. Uh, the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. It was the best match of the night. It was. I I think I don't think any match uh, surpassed this one. Man, I was into. If you would have told me I would have been most into Miz Ziggler at the beginning of the night, I would have told you were a liar. Because I mean, the, these two guys had an amazing match. Two of the best matches I've seen these guys have ever, and it just kept getting better with the 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 mace or whatever Maurice had in her hands to to finish the match with Ziggler. Man, that was a great match, uh, and they're going to fight again. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, no, this is one of my favorite matches of the night. Uh, seriously, seriously good work from both of these guys. Um, they've been in the WWE for how long, and they're still showing us this all-new stuff, especially The Miz. Love that guy. Love to hate him. He, he's had a good uh, last month, thanks to the Daniel Bryan thing. Uh, he's definitely he's, uh, he's wrestling with some attitude, and it's, uh, it's good for his character. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's had a pretty great year too, like the Fatal Four Way, um, all the all the stuff he's done with the Intercontinental Title. Yeah, I mean, even he's had the Intercontinental Title for what over a hundred days. So yeah, he's breaking records yeah. with it right now. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about that on SmackDown. But I like I'm seriously down for the Intercontinental Title becoming something important again, and I think Miz is definitely a guy who can do that if they keep booking it like this. So. Definitely a good match. Um, coming up next, uh, it was scheduled to be Bray Wyatt versus Orton, but there was a confrontation backstage before the match started. Uh, Bray Wyatt uh, starts slamming Orton's uh, ankle or his leg into a door by the stage uh, because if he can't win matches on pay-per-view, he's going to win them before they start. Exactly. And he's just going to get the job done before that. The face of fear. The face of fear. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes out to the ring, demands a 10 count, which I liked. Yeah, that was good. That was a good heel thing. Uh, then Kane comes out there, and he has a match with him. Um, Kane wins. With some help. With some help from Randy. But, uh, yeah, Kane uh, Kane got the, the W over Bray. You weren't exactly pleased with that. No, uh, no, man, and here's why. 
I like Kane, and I'm all for monster heels being monster heels. Um, they should definitely look strong, but there's no... Kane has no direction right now. He has no narrative thrust. He has no... Like, he's... It's not going to be of consequence later on. Like, they're not building him towards something. They're just knocking Bray Wyatt down, which I think they've done too much of. What, what, did, you, what did you think? I know you're a bigger Kane fan than I am. I am. I, I, I liked it. I think uh, Kane's hasn't really beat anybody relevant in the last three months, it seems like, or maybe longer. So for him to get a win over Bray, he's the big red monster. I think he, he comes out there to destroy people. He's got to get some some wins if he's going to be your monster, you know? Yeah. Even if it needs Randy's help, uh, I, I like the win. I mean, I, Bray is a guy that actually needs big wins too, but a win over Kane wouldn't have meant anything. So I actually like the direction they went giving Kane that win. Right, and uh, Bray and Kane had a really, really fun, they did the Inferno match where the Wyatt family just walked in and put blankets on the ring and just right. won it, and I loved that. So you're right, you can't really top that, but, I mean, you know, it happened on the fly too, so I can't get too upset about it because, you know, Randy Orton not being cleared was nobody's fault, which was the story that I've gathered, which was due to the uh, repercussions uh, physical from the Brock Lesnar match, Brock Lesnar busting him open horribly and Randy bleeding everywhere, He's not able to compete, um, so get well soon, Randy. Hopefully the next pay-per-view we'll see Bray and Randy. Hopefully no mercy. No mercy, that's right. Definitely. All right, so um, coming up next, we have Heath Slater and Rhino over the Usos, and they are the first SmackDown Tag Team Champions, baby. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Heath Slater gets a double wide. He gets a double wide, man. He gets that kids. contract. He gets his contract double wide. His seven kids will be happy. I love the way they booked the match. Uh, Rhino with the gore, and then Heath Slater gets the pin. Uh, happy for those guys. We predicted that, and uh, I think that was the right direction they needed to go. Hopefully, they'll uh, keep those titles for a little while. Definitely. And um, it was a better moment for him than a lot of his kids being born. I mean, but only some of them. Only some of them. I'm sorry. I love that. I yeah. love – he can spin anything into gold at this point. He's so, a funny dude. Yeah, he's uh, he's been saying some funny stuff on the mics these days. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved his little uh, moment of aggression in the ring. Like, he got yeah. that DDT, he started hitting a few big moves. Showed some offense. Yeah, yeah, he showed off some offense, which you almost never see from Heath Slater. <laughs> it's almost exclusively getting mauled, which he's good at. But I'm glad that they stuck to the story that Rhino is sort of carrying the team. And uh, now that the SmackDown champs, and I couldn't be happier, honestly. I'm right there with you. It's uh, good stuff there from the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I love it. And speaking of things that I love, we had the WWE World Championship match between AJ Styles and Ambrose, which ended when Styles took advantage of a referee that was looking the other direction, kicked Ambrose in the nuts, and then hit him with a Styles clash, and Styles is now the new World Heavyweight Champ, or World Champion. World Champ. Uh, Yeah, I was happy, happy for Styles, a guy that was in WCW a long time ago, then went from New Japan, then to TNA. And is uh, now in the biggest wrestling company in the world, the WWE, and he's now holding the most important belt in professional wrestling today. I was happy for AJ Styles. He deserves it. Definitely. Like, don't give it to him three months down the line or at the Royal Rumble. Like, he's ready now. He is, yeah. He's uh, probably, I mean, one of the best talkers and one of the best talents the company has. So he deserves it. Definitely. Really fun match. Ambrose looked better here than he has in a while. Um, I loved his offense. He started spiking uh aj's head into the mat when he was caught in the calf killer or the calf crusher uh and then he dove off of the tables into the audience at him like he finally got to look like the brawler that he always says he is so i like um 
I like the bits of aggression from him and it carried over to what's going to be a really fun angle coming up. We'll talk about that when we go over SmackDown. So overall, I was really, really pleasantly surprised with this pay-per-view. Definitely better than SummerSlam. Yeah, it was. I loved it. Uh, SummerSlam took a long time to get through. This felt like a quick, good, pure wrestling pay-per-view. And uh, I hope uh, the pay-per-views are like this more often. Yeah, and it didn't take 18 hours. No, yeah, SmackDown... Took t- took me three days to get through it. So any pay per view that's like that, it's just hard to get through. <laughs> it's just it's just a lot, even for something you love. Right. I think they need to practice that more. The self editing, like you don't just need to put everybody on the card. Put the matches right. on the card that you've gotten people invested in. Exactly. Even if it, if if you're watching a great movie and it's to hour four, you're like, okay, well, is this thing gonna end? Or yeah, as much as I love Lord of the Rings, the extended edition. I can only extend that so far, man. Right. Like, and I, all right, I digress. <laughs> I can't help you with the Lord of the Rings, but I, I, I'm, I'll believe your analogy. All right, I'll drop plenty of <laughs> references throughout the podcast. No, I'm kidding. All right, so, all right, in other uh, combat sports crossover, UFC, WWE news, um, you've probably all heard this. UFC 203 Punk was annihilated. In yeah. just over two minutes, by Gall. I was pretty excited to watch this fight. I uh, I watched it live. I was sitting down, make sure I had a front row seat to the TV. Punk's coming out. Haven't seen Punk, you know, in two years in a ring or in anything uh, fighting. And uh, he walks in, the bell rings, they start the fight, and he's immediately on the ground and really didn't even throw a punch and taps out in two minutes. Uh, it was pretty disappointing. I mean, all the experts said that he had no chance, but... I would have I would have hoped for a little better of a fight than what he put up, but I mean the kid he was fighting Mickey Gall was 24. CM Punk's what 35, mid 30s. He's close. He's closing out on 40, man. Yeah, he's he's up there, and so I mean I guess it took some uh, took some heart to step in there, but wish, wish it would have been a better fight. Mm-hmm. And Punk had what two years, barely two years of training with time off for surgeries and yeah. injuries in between that, so. All of Gaul's experience. He's Gaul's been at it since he's, he was what sixteen. So he's been doing it for several times as long as Punk has. Right. So I'm glad that Punk was able to follow his dream and get to the octagon. Even Dana White said he's not sure if he wants Punk in a the UFC octagon because as as big a draw as he is, definitely because uh, of his name um, recognizability, it's really just almost not safe for him. Uh, and that's not a knock on him. That's just he doesn't have the experience for it. Right, yeah. Anybody that's not experienced, I mean, you could walk in there and get killed if you're not careful, like uh, Vince McMahon thinks. But, um, yeah, it was it was tough to watch. Hopefully, I think he'll be back. But like I've said before, the, the more he loses in the UFC, the sooner he'll be back in the WWE. Man, uh, I got to – no. Uh, that, I, hey, I got to um, – Everybody comes no. back eventually. Everybody comes back. No matter how bad the situation is, everyone comes back. There's a lawsuit going on between Punk and WWE right now. It won't now. last forever. It, the lawsuit won't last forever. It'll last a lot of money. It'll, it'll take a lot of money and a lot of time. When Punk's sitting there at 40 years old and he needs a paycheck, he, he's going to come back and get that WrestleMania pop. He'll be back. Now, he's going to write comic books, and it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> and he's going to be best friends with obscure uh, other wrestling guys and from the indies and stuff. And... I just can't see it, like with everything that went down, man. Like you listened to that podcast and all it's the other things. Podcast. It, it, it was, yeah. That was that's the best podcast I've ever listened to. But I, I hold out hope. I hold out hope we'll see him again. Wrestling's so much better with him. That's true. That's true. We shall see. I'm looking forward to seeing what he whatever he does next. So, all right. So, um, oh yeah. Also, Paige 
Uh, rumors have been swirling around for weeks uh, involving her uh, wellness violation suspension, 30 days, um, her relationship with Alberto Del Rio, who has since left, uh, has, wants nothing to do with it, um, doesn't like the work schedule, um, probably didn't like the creative angles he was pushed into. Uh, but Paige has clarified a statement on social media saying she's not leaving and that she just missed the window for a drug test. She actually didn't fail it. Uh, okay. This uh, She was talking about this. Uh, she'll be back pretty soon. So turns out it wasn't as big a deal as I thought it was going to be. I thought we were all done seeing Paige on WWE television. Yeah, she hasn't been on there in a while. She hasn't been of an irrelevant story in, I mean, it seems like a year. She uh, hasn't been in the picture, but who? what, what are they going to do with her when she comes back? I don't know. The last time I remember seeing Paige was when she made that. They they had written it for her, I bet. But that really tasteless remark about Charlotte's brother. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the last thing I remember. I really want to rem- see something because she's capable of some incredible in-ring work. Yeah, that crossed the line a little bit. But ever since the Divas Revolution, I feel like she's just kind of been thrown to the side. Yeah. Yeah, the Divas Revolution is is a whole whole mess of things and it's just finally starting to work right right now yeah like they put the brakes on after wrestlemania then they just started to pick it back up again with charlotte and sasha and now it's finally getting some steam again and we're getting some quality women's wrestling so and that is a good segue into raw because that is how raw opens yep. uh this week it is foley charlotte dana bailey sasha promo um because Bailey pinned Charlotte uh, last week, but Sh- Sasha has also owed her rematch. So uh, Foley decided to make the number one contendership at stake in a triple threat match uh, between Bailey, Sasha, and Dana Brooke. All right, I have a take here. Okay. And I, I don't think you're going to agree with it, but um, you've seen more of Bailey than I have. Um, I love Bailey in ring, I think she's a great performer, a great wrestler. She puts on a great match. But I can just not, I cannot get into her gimmick of the hugger and her music and what she's wearing. It how is she supposed to intimidate anybody? You Grinch, you hopeless soulless Grinch. I you, knew you wouldn't agree with this. You hater. I, I maybe I'm standing out on an island by myself, but I, I don't understand how she can be uh, thought of as a threat when her her biggest attribute is hugging. Well, okay. Well, I like the fact that they've created a women's wrestler who is a wholesome person as a character. She, like, her character uh, in Dana ring, Brooks not a wholesome person? I, she's like a Game of Thrones character? Okay, never mind. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't help All you right. there, man. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, I like that Bailey is a nice character, but she's also a very, very good wrestler. She is. I, no, I'm not taking anything away from her inside the ring. I'm just saying everything to do with her apparel, her gimmick, her entrance i don't know i I love it i'm I'm such a mark for it like i love that wwe created something that can appeal to everyone like she is someone who everyone should look up to not just because they told you to but because she at least seems like a forthcoming uh, honest competitor um and i've also been following her for a while so i'm very very biased in this right if i had just tuned into raw i don't know what i would have thought either but um i am such a huge fan of bailey um, and I actually really enjoyed the match that they had. Um, ended with Sasha pinning Bailey uh, to earn the rematch at Clash of Champions. I was happy with that. We we have enough triple threat matches right now in wrestling. I, I'm I'm glad that's just a singles match uh, coming up at Clash of Champions between Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. And I actually liked Dana Brooks' work. Uh, yeah. This is probably the most I've liked Dana Brooks since they moved her up to the main roster. 
Uh, I love her a little. She tried to break free of Charlotte or... She got a slap in there. Yeah, or conspired to help Charlotte by winning and then laying down for her. But either way, she screwed up, and by the end of the night, she was back to carrying her bags. It's <laughs> such a tragic little story. It's such it a is. cool little moment. It's better than just nothing at all. <laughs> That's so, true. As as wonderfully depressing as that was, I I honestly, you know, props to Dana for making something work. Uh, and I'm glad she got a little, little payback on Charlotte. She, she, she took a... A pretty stiff slap uh, the week before, and she got one back this week. So that's mm-hmm. good to see. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm just really happy with uh, the women being really just these valued workers now because they can, and they a lot of them always have been able to. But I'm glad that they can open the show, and it's just this hot, awesome, like f- great match. Yep. Like I think that's the future. Yeah. I think we're going to be seeing that for years to come. Yeah, hopefully, definitely. They need to keep going with this. Uh, so coming up next, uh, Bo Dallas pinned uh, enhancement talent Brandon Scott after uh, it's a rolling cutter. It looks like Stardust finisher or Cody Rhodes finisher. Um, so Bo Dallas is the new Braun Strowman. Yeah. Is, is the vibe I'm getting here. He's still getting squash matches, which is still amazing to me that Bo Dallas is getting squash matches. But uh, he uh, only he can Bo leave and Bo these days. <laughs> I believe in Bo Jameson. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you haven't got the shirt. Have you got the shirt yet? No. All right. I have not. That'd be a cool shirt. It, it would be a cool shirt, man. I need. I need like to start a fund for WWT shirt money because <laughs> they're all like thirty bucks or right. twenty five. But yeah. Anyway, um, props to Bo. Um, glad to see him on television. They did nothing with him for so long after bringing him up from NXT. Um, I'm just glad. I hope they go somewhere with him. So coming up next was probably one of my favorite segments of the week. It was the Jericho highlight reel. Yeah. And out comes Sami Zayn, and they do a promo. And how does how does the promo end, Jameson? Uh, it it well, first of all, it was weird that Chris Jericho um was like on on his he I when he's bringing out Sami Zayn, he gets all the way down to the ground where his his face is to the mat, and I like looked away and I I had to rewind it, and I'm like, what what is Jericho doing here? But uh, yeah, he that that was a good segment. Him and uh. Him and Sami Zayn, they they go back and forth pretty good. They were taking some personal jabs there. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind that at all. They both I thought it was fine from both, especially Jericho. Jericho is hilarious, and you need if you have someone like Sami Zayn who's a little bit more soft spoken, get him in the ring with someone like Jericho. Right, and now they got a match at Class of Champions. Yeah, is uh, Jericho and uh, Sami Zayn? That'll be good. Yeah, and they might run away with the show. They could. Yeah, that could be a pretty pretty good darn wrestling match. Mm-hmm. I love that. Jericho slapped Sami Zayn with a phone, though. Oh yeah, yeah, with the cell phone. That, that made was... such a good noise. Yeah, like, that was such good was context. Brutal, yeah, I loved it. It was so funny. And uh, then the code breaker uh, yep. after that to end the segment. But no, those two might run away with the show. So that's a match I'm really looking forward to seeing. That'll be good. That will be good. Definitely. And coming up next, we have match number five in our best of seven series. Uh, yeah. This is almost over. Almost. It's going seven. We said it. We said it all along. It's going seven. It's but. it's not just going to be a sweep. I actually reconsidered because I've been very against a sweep, but I sort of get it now. Yeah. I sort of get why you suggested that, and Sean did too. Like it makes sense. But I feel like Cesaro tried to do a little character moment at the end where he pinned Sheamus with his feet on the ropes. Sold wonderfully during the whole match. Yeah. He's really really good at selling. Good at basically everything. Um, except for like being the rock on the microphone, which they shouldn't expect him to do anyway. But and then he put his feet on the ropes, and the announcement, the announcing team just played it off like it was nothing. 
Like, it was supposed to be, I think, this moment where he realizes he's got to cheat to right. overcome his injury. And that could be a really cool thing, but nobody really acknowledged it. How come the ref never sees the foot down the ropes? I feel like this happens way too often. Like, that's your job. You should be able to, to see the foot on the ropes. But, hey, refs, refs make mistakes, as we know here in Mount Pleasant in the last week. But. <laughs> <laughs> a nice current events connection, man. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Definitely. But, no, you got to make sure every molecule of their shoulders are on the ground. Right, but, right. Okay, right, I, I'm, I actually forgot about this. Sasha pinned Bailey, but it looked like Sasha's shoulders were completely down when she pinned her. Did it look like that to you? Uh, I didn't notice it in the moment, no, but um, I guess either did they. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and there was... Ah, drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. It's like you got to just have your face right there, and you have no peripheral vision. You can't see that he's totally cheating, but that's whatever. So coming up next, one of my other favorite segments of the night... Uh, Nia Jax mauled Alicia Fox. Jeez. Uh, when was the last time you saw a, a woman put another woman through the barricade? Has that ever happened? I can't remember it, can't on, remember honestly, it ever. Not even the women's NXT matches. And those got brutal. But I can't remember someone taking the Roman Reigns special through right. the barricade. Looked so great. And she had to be taken out by medical staff. This was a that was a violent match. That look that looked like it really hurt. I wouldn't have wanted to been in Alicia Fox position there. No, and I am now. Re- I, I was excited for Nia Jax before, and now I'm even more excited for Nia Jax now. Well, how long until she's in the title picture? I mean, it's got to be soon. She's just destroying everybody. It's not like they're going to put her up with a no name girl the next two months. She's got to be in that picture soon. I would assume. Yeah, and I, I think they'll definitely have room for her, especially after uh, Clash of Champions. But she is a good performer. She's really coming to her own. It used to be her gimmick was she was very strong and athletic, but she was obviously being safe, and you could tell she was holding back. But now she's completely masked of that, and now it looks like she's killing people. <laughs> and literally. it's so effective because she is such an anomaly, especially compared to the rest of the division. It's such they really caught lightning in a bottle with her, I think. Yeah, she uh, she could definitely be champion soon and run with it definitely she is ready so coming up next we have a promo segment as uh, the new day and anderson and gallows my heart stopped temporarily once this started because i was so petrified of sunny boy or old day repeating themselves no, I, I don't think they'll ever do that ever again they learned their lesson right this is almost an apology for that it was yeah what what was uh was much overdue i feel like we all needed an apology for that that was that was a terrible segment but but tell me this why why are Alice or Anderson and Gallows and the New Day having a match? This another match. Didn't, they just fought at the last pay per view. They're gonna fight at the next pay per view. And now, in the middle of everything, they just have another match. I know Big E wasn't in it, and Big E's probably the best guy the New Day's got. But they couldn't do anything else with these guys. But then just to have the match we're gonna see in a couple weeks, in the match we just saw a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and we see the ending, and it's a non-title match, which tells you New Day's going to lose. And Woods took the Magic Killer, and sure enough, they won. Like, why would you set up the match by doing the match? It doesn't make people more excited to watch it. It didn't make, yeah, exactly. It didn't make sense for me. Uh, Like, we we keep talking about the more we see matches of the same guys and the same teams over and over again, eventually it just gets old. And I feel like that's what they're doing here. Yeah, and it's just like, as much as I like those two teams... um, I'm not excited at all because I've I've seen them. At, they've done pay-per-views. They've done Raw. Yep. It's I mean, and I don't know if they're going to take the belts off the New Day, but they need to have some sort of plan going forward. We I know we talked a lot about the New Day last week, but do you feel like the New Day every time they come out, 
and they like wait for that crowd reaction every time before they really ever say anything. They're they're like, are we still over? Or, or right now, like, is is this crowd gonna like us? And then they kind of get a chant or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, we're still good. We're still good. Jameson, for- <laughs> I ask myself that question. Like, do I still like them? Yeah, I are think they, everybody are, does. Are these, I think they're asking themselves what. What do we got here? What's what's left in the tank? Yeah. I think they're what they're asking themselves is how do we save this terrible script that Vince McMahon wrote for us? <laughs> Blame everything on Vince. Yeah, <laughs> I am. But no, I mean, there's a lot of you know collaboration and writers and all that, like dozens of writers and people backstage. Right. But right. it's like how how are we gonna survive this? And thank God we we're over enough to survive this. I think because if anyone else had come out and done that, we would have never seen them again. Right. We would have been off television forever. But the new day, uh, they entertained me so much last year and even earlier this year a little bit um, that I just I don't think we've seen their best and I hope we're done seeing their worst. I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh man, it's just such an anxiety trip every time I see him now. Like, is this gonna be funny? Like them singing Empire State of Mind, or is this just gonna be stupid? Like, I, we, I think we've said before. I think the the end is uh, the end is near, but we'll see. Just let them write their own script, man. They can they know how to do this. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so we don't go off on a 20-minute New Day yeah. engine again. Uh, coming up next, uh, we have Jinder Mahal versus Jack Swagger. Uh, you, you what? Know, you know your career's not in a good spot when you're losing to Jinder Mahal on Raw, and that's what happened to Jack Swagger, who then showed up on SmackDown. But it, I, I'm as shocked as anyone when I see Jinder Mahal win a match. Yeah, and his finishing move honestly looks like he trips. Like he's trying to do a neckbreaker, and he tripped. It just it's it, I, it's I, the least impactful thing in the world. I don't know how this guy got back on TV, and I don't know how he's winning matches again. But whoever he beats ne- next week, I I feel sorry for them. Yeah, um, on, yeah, like honestly, um, if you were just gonna bring him back to have him lose, just keep bringing up enhancement talent guys. It'll be cheaper, and I and they they, they don't really have anything for Jinder Mahal right now. And they, they showed they, their entire hand with him during that promo. He had nothing to say. I don't think they ever will have anything to do with him. No, not since 3MB, man. Just <laughs> Now it's it's all over with. You know, Heath Slater turned out pretty good. Took really him, good. Took him a long, long time. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I was such a mental flatline during that match. I almost forgot to write it down. We were yeah, taking I, notes. I think this is more time than it needed anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, more, this is actually longer than the match is what we're talking yeah. about. Anyway, coming up next, uh, speaking of important matches, uh, Epico pinned Enzo Amore. Another one. Uh, with uh, Primo holding his legs so he couldn't kick out. Second week in a row that uh, the Shining Stars have, have gotten a win over Enzo and Big Cass. Mm-hmm. That's, that's surprising. I don't know exactly where they're going with that. It's just going to, I guess, pay off in a in an end zone big cast win at a pay-per-view or what. But they should be beating <laughs> the Shining Stars every single week no matter what. I I can't describe my lack of reaction to this. There's just no words for it. Like, I was just watching it like, what am I watching? This is the most raw thing, the most Monday Night Raw match I've ever seen yeah. right here. It's just two teams without any directions, and, one, and they're going to face off in every single permutation. And until they fight, and then something else is going to happen, and then they're going to do it again. Like, don't make Enzo and Cass the most boring part of the show because they don't no, have exactly, to be. Exactly. No. I mean, they've been doing their shtick for a while. I mean, everybody knows the saying, and I, that's still over. So I'm I'm fine with them still doing that. But uh, these guys have a lot of talent. They there's got to be something more for them to do than be facing Premio and Empico every week. Yeah. But although I do like the Shining Stars trying to sell people timeshares. 
that's considerably more villainous than asking them to take vacations. Right, that is true. So this that's sort Who, of a step in the right whoever direction. Whoever thought of that little tweak is, is a smart person, you're right. That's a, that's a fun little segment, so there, there's a positive right there. So coming up next, um, our main event, which was Owens versus Reigns. Um, and then we have a whole bunch of stuff happening during this match. Really good match, by the way. Great work from both guys. Um, I love I love Owens on the mic. Uh, they the little backstage segment they had with the, he had with Rollins before that match. Just everything that <laughs> Owens says is just on point. He never stutters. He never he he knows what to say to everything. That was really cool. But yeah, there was a lot going on in this match from uh, the run in by Rollins, which Mick Foley told him not to do. He did it anyways. I'm I'm interested to see what the consequences that uh, Mick Foley were talking about there. Is he? It's probably gonna give him a title match. Yeah, exactly. Mick <laughs> Mick would do that, but. I, I don't know where they're going to go with that one, but, um, yeah, that was a good match. And then they had another re- run-in with Rusev uh, that eventually ended the match for Roman Reigns, and uh, KO gets the W. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I was – I didn't even – under like, I, I know that it's technically cheating, but, honestly, Rusev didn't even touch Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns Superman punched him, and then Owens hit him with the pop-up powerbomb. But Owens got jumped mid-match by Rollins. And then he comes back and wins. He looks like a beast anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he looked like the winner there. And, uh, yeah, we hadn't seen Rusev in a while. But now I guess they're probably going to fight back. At Clash of Champions, they'll be Roman Reigns and Rusev again. So. Rusev's back, man. <laughs> I love it. He's my favorite. He does make the show better. Rusev's good, good stuff. Him, him and Lana are always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think he and Reigns have really, really great chemistry, too. Yeah, they do. Those yeah. are good matches. Definitely. So as long as if we can find some way not to make U.S. champion Roman Reigns out of this, we can just... I think we might be going in that direction. Dude, man. no, don't even say that, man. I'm so upset. Rusev is the best Not the, the best thing to have in the title since Cena isn't much because Cena just had it. But I really think if they gave him more time like they were doing before uh, he had to take some time off for the wedding and everything, I really think he can elevate that. So um, I'm really happy to uh, have him back on television because he is the greatest. And <laughs> of him, all time. And him snapping people in half with the accolade, upgrading it, ah, he's killing them dead. That's good stuff. It's wonderful. Good stuff. So not a bad Raw. Just not a bad Raw No, not, not a bad yeah. Raw at all. Not at all. Better SmackDown, though. Yeah, it was. It was all a right. good SmackDown. So SmackDown opened a lot like Raw does. Um, we got that opening segment. Uh, it ended up being – it was AJ Styles in the ring – um, talking about how he's now the champ that runs the camp. Um, he's replaced Cena and Ambrose. Uh, this brings out Cena and later Ambrose, and they'll Cena's have Cena's back. He's back. He's. Um, I know he's not working a full schedule, according no, to some he, reports, but he's back. According to Dean, Ant- Dean Ambrose, he's uh, a lazy part timer now. So I loved the uh, the back and forth between all three of them because they, they were all right. Yeah, that was really good stuff, and it got it got personal there. I when uh, the, what. John Cena said about Dean Ambrose and how Stone Cold was right about what he said on his podcast, and uh, I think uh, I think Ambrose took offense to that and kind of went off on John there. But yeah, they they had some good uh, good good uh, talking segments there in the first segment there. Totally off topic, but did you see that podcast? It was Ambrose I, I haven't listened Cold? to the podcast. No, dude, it was rough, man. Was it? It was really really awkward between uh, Ambrose and Stone Cold. I'm gonna have Cold. to watch it then. Awkward's good. Yeah, and it was it was Stone Cold getting into Dean Ambrose's past, real name John Good, uh, his past, but uh, it's pretty obvious he didn't want to talk about it. Uh, okay. Like his his neighborhood and his upbringing. He, yeah. It's pretty obvious he didn't want to talk about it. Just gave really short answers. Um, I mean. And, I've listened to Dean on podcasts before, and he he was a good interview. But I'm sure Stone Cold went went at him a little harder than most do. 
Yeah, it wasn't even that. Like normally he's fun because yeah. he just like he he is he comes off as like this laid back dude who just talks about whatever. But in this one, he was really sort of fidgety, especially if you watch it. Um, he's sort of fidgety, and then Stone Cold sort of uh, try to give him a wake up call at the end, like, "Hey man, don't rest on your on your uh, laurels. This is maybe the only chance you're gonna get." And uh, I love that Cena brought that up. I love that Ambrose brought up that he's a part timer and AJ Styles is great at wrestling, but he's a jerk <laughs> who will cheat to win uh, because he can and get away with it. So really excited for that. There's going to be a triple threat at no mercy. Um, that may, I know I'm shooting off a little bit here, but that may be the best match. That may be match of the year material right there. It, it has potential for it. At least it on uh, the main roster programming. Right. It has potential for it. That'll be uh, interesting to see who goes out on top of that one. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, coming up next, we have a rematch. Uh, it was the Usos versus the Hype Bros again. Just a real quick uh, two-minute match. Um, Usos were working over Zack Ryder, and then they uh, hit the splash and pinned Mojo Rawley. Um, I was so distracted by the red and white, everything that they were wearing, that I almost couldn't see the match. <laughs> they made You didn't miss much. Usos made pretty quick work of the Hype Bros. Yeah. As it as it should have been, honestly, because yeah. they they are now the second most important tag team there. They have the most momentum of anybody. Right. So, as it should have been, Miz cut a great promo. Uh, he's been doing that for a, a few weeks now. He's been cutting really good promos. Yeah, he's been just putting everybody on blast, talking about how what a worker he is, how he's not a coward. Ziggler challenged him to one more match with no gimmicks, no Maurice, no anything, and Brian insisted that he follow through on it, but. Brian also didn't renegotiate Miz's contract like he wanted to, so there's still that rivalry between them. Uh, and it ended with Miz and Maurice leaving through the crowd to huge heat. Yeah. Um, really, dude, this might be my favorite story. Um, this and the World Championship. Yeah. The SmackDown's got some great stories going yeah, on right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, SmackDown has the is the show to watch right now. It's the most intriguing, the most... You know, the, you don't tune into Raw exactly. Okay, I wonder what's going to happen. But SmackDown, you're like, all right, well, what's what's going to? Well, I mean, I guess that has a lot to do with just having a pay per view. So there's new storylines. But uh, yeah, there's this this uh, Ziggler Miz thing is is going to be pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and they showed that you can do um, the first hour of the show, especially, is heavy on talking, and as long as it matters, you can do it. Like it's not like we're gonna like Titus O'Neil is going to come out and try to cut a promo <laughs> or we're going to have anything going on with the shining stars. It's, and that's the benefit of having a two hour show over a three hour show, right? You don't need to just kill time, right? Like two hours is maybe even a little long, but it's, it seems perfect it for does. what they're going for right now. Um, so also in rematch news, uh, Apollo Cruz and Baron Corbin almost had a match, uh, but Corbin jumped him as he was posing, hit end of days onto the floor. Swagger came out and cut a really awkward promo uh, it wasn't Titus O'Neil or Kalisto bad, but <laughs> no, it, it was definitely the probably the weakest part of the entire show because he looked confused. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know, man. Talked about his wife. He was he was all over the place, but he's got the we the people going for him. Everybody everybody goes with him with that. He's he's that's over. So as long as he's got that going for him, he's got he's got something more than others do. Yeah, that's more over than he is. Exactly. It's no, like the yeah, RKO. It it's like right. Randy Orton may or may not be over, but the RKO always is. Yes. So. At least he's got that to sort of fall back on. Right. But, you know, I like him, though. I hope they do something with him and all that. You know, glad he's on SmackDown now, too. So um, then we had another sort of rematch. It was a fatal five-way for the number one contender for the new women's championship. And uh, Becky cut a wonderful little promo talking about how happy she was. Uh, That character gets more likable by the week. Uh, And Alexa Bliss won. 
um, taking advantage of the Nikki Bella Carmella rivalry. I was I was surprised to see Alexa Bliss win. If I, I, I didn't expect that for her to be the number one contender. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have expected either. I thought it was going to be either Carmella or Natalia because they're the yeah. other two heels. Right. Uh, but I really like because it showed that Alexa Bliss is smart. I think she's a great worker. She's really athletic. Yeah. And uh, I think this is a good first feud that they can do. Yeah, I, yeah Becky and uh, Bliss, they'll have a good match. It, uh, they can both work pretty well. Um, and I, I think Becky will still go over. But um, I'm excited to watch the Carmella-Bella feud uh, continue as well. Mm-hmm. I hope that gets fleshed out more yeah. uh, coming up. And uh, really excited to have Nikki Bella back. I uh, like her new finisher. Um, so I'm just honestly happy with the small women's division on SmackDown. They're doing really, really great. So Yeah, Nikki Bella doesn't have a finisher that breaks her neck every time she, she does yeah, it now. So that's yeah. good. Good for her I'm glad. I'm glad they quit doing that. Yeah. The um, rack attack. The rack, dude, that looks so rough. Yeah, but. it does. Anyway, glad she's back. Glad she's recovered. Uh, good to see her back on television. Um, so Heath Slater signed his contract. Got that double wide. He's got that contract. Got the double wide. It's led to um, it, Heath Slater and Rhino versus the Ascension. Um, Another tag team just off in the abyss. No, no direction whatsoever. Dude, they uh, they blew that top rope thing that they do. Like the one ath- sort of athletic looking thing that yeah. they do. They hosed it. <laughs> and they completely. I mean, it's the Ascension. And the crowd so, knew it. Yeah. And the Ascension, they just got nothing going for them. They're like this 80s gimmick with the volume all the way turned down. Right. Like there's nothing There's nothing going on there. Yeah. So uh, short match, Rhino hit the gore to win, as it should be. Um, and we're over that, and they're moving on to bigger and better things. Pretty quickly, the ascension is moving out of the building, <laughs> and pretty quickly back to de- developmental or something. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, um, we got uh, AJ, a uh, little backstage thing that they did with um, he's given Braun Strowman victim James Ellsworth for a tag team partner. Second appearance Ellsworth has made on WWE programming in the last month. Yeah, yeah, um, he's a he's a fun little character that yeah. they keep doing. But more on that later too, because that factors into the main event um, coming up. Orton in the middle of the ring talking, challenging Bray. Uh, he got beat up by the returning Eric Rowan, who I haven't seen in quite a while um, on either brand uh, since that uh, Wyatt Family and New Day uh, match that they did at uh, SummerSlam. But and then it ended with um, RKO to Rowan. Yeah, yeah, that was a good segment. I I always like when uh, Bray Wyatt does his lights out thing. Lights go out. Don't know what's going on. Five seconds later, they come back on, and someone else is in the ring. That's always fun. Brings me back to like the old Undertaker days when he would do that on Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Totally. They just need to build up Bray Wyatt, but they also need to build up Randy Orton. Exactly. So. That's why it's hard to pick who wins the matches, and that's. I mean, there was no winner last Sunday, so I mean, it's a big step for whoever wins that feud, and a big step down for whoever doesn't. Yeah, and I guess now that we were talking about it, I sort of realized this. Like the my biggest um, hang up with the match is that they both look like chumps on Sunday. Uh, Randy couldn't even make it to the ring, and Bray Wyatt couldn't even win with a substitute opponent. Uh, it's like it it was just filler, but it didn't make either of them look good. So now I hope that they're on track to doing that. And the talking and the rambling and the promos, they need to go somewhere. Right. And these two, I believe, can put on a good match because they got really, really different contrasting styles. Oh, big time, yeah. So, so totally, totally excited about that. Uh, coming up next, we have the main event, uh, which was made in the opening promo. I forgot to mention that. 
Uh, it is Cena and Ambrose tagging against Styles and Ellsworth, except uh, when he's on the ramp, uh, Miz jumps Ellsworth, claiming he is the main event. Uh, he will not be upstaged by some jobber. Uh, gives him a skull-crushing finale onto the ramp and takes his place. Um, to- total Miz move. Total Miz move. Yeah. I like that. It yeah. was such a little, it's such a cool thing. Yeah. Um, ended with, unfortunately for the Miz, with Cena pinning him after the attitude adjustment, as basically every Cena Miz encounter has. Yep. Um, Miz enters the match and takes the pin. Yeah. Or The Rock gives him Cena on a silver platter, then he gets the pin, eh, whatever. Right. right. But... Yeah, um, so I didn't even really have a problem with that. Like, contextually, it made sense. Yeah. Because um, it was like, Cena is this guy who can beat the Intercontinental Champion without really having to try too much. So it built him back up a little bit because we haven't seen him for a little while. But the end uh, the end of the show was definitely the most interesting part, I feel like, for Ambrose as a character. Because he hits Dirty Deeds on Cena yeah. and then has a stare down with AJ, and there are a lot of boos coming in from yeah. the crowd. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of fans are liking what AJ's doing right now, and actually Cena got a lot more cheers than he had in previous appearances. So Ambrose was kind of in the middle there. Like uh, I, I felt like he definitely the crowd wasn't on his side in that last segment, but maybe that's what he needs as a character. I, I don't think Ambrose needs the crowd to back him all the time. Now, I feel like uh, Ambrose is definitely uh, a better chaser than a champion. Yes. I think he should be that guy exactly. who's constantly searching for the title, this scrappy underdog. He's a smaller guy, but he's vicious. And uh, I actually wouldn't mind like an anti-hero or basically a semi-heel Ambrose. No, like yeah, this I guy think, who just I, does whatever. I think Ambrose would excel as a, as a bad guy. And it kind of looked like sort of the direction they were going there on uh, on Tuesday, but... I guess we'll see. We'll see who comes out on top of the the uh, triple threat match. We'll see. And Cena's probably going to come out on SmackDown next week. I'd almost bet you money and tell Ambrose he's not a man <laughs> and balls and all that stuff that he loves to say. <laughs> so just uh, a, a typical Cena promo. Typical Cena promo. But uh, he'll give his towel to somebody yep. and all that good stuff. But uh, honestly, I've never been so excited to hear Cena's reaction to something before. <laughs> so <laughs> at least not that I can remember. So, uh, no, good stuff. Uh, good SmackDown this week. So we're actually going to start a new segment on this show. Just a little quick thing to end it um, where we go back and we visit an old wrestling match or something that was really, really important to us when we were fans, like something that got us into wrestling, maybe when we were coming up or um, just like kind of discovering it. So I'm calling it the Ringmaster's Classic. Okay. That's going to be like our, our little, like we'll cap off the show with that. Um, so how about you go first? All right. Um, I'll go first. I've, I'm going to go just uh, just uh, real typical here. And if anybody listening has not watched the Montreal Screwjob with Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE Championship 1997 Survivor Series uh, in Montreal where, you know, Bret Hart is from Canada, uh, this is just a match you got to watch. Get on the network as soon as possible and watch the entire thing. Um, the room, rumor has it that uh, what, what was supposed to happen in the match – Completely did not happen. There's a lot of upset people. Uh, are we Bret Hart I, is still upset. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he'll, he's upset to this day. Are we given? I, I don't want to give. In case people haven't seen, are we given spoilers or? Dude, it was in '97. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. That's true. I think the spoiler <laughs> limit is up. Yeah. I think but, that's expired. Um, yeah. You, you got to watch it. Vince McMahon comes out, tells the referee to ring the bell when Bret Hart's not tapping out. Bret Hart thinks he's supposed to win the match, and uh, ends up spitting on Vince McMahon. Just a. Uh, 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 viral image in WWE history 
it's a match you got to go watch, right? Just do it as soon as possible. And then there's a do- there's documentaries on it too. Those are amazing to watch. They they take you backstage right after it happened. Um, just a crazy scene all the way around. Mm-hmm. Really, really crazy time. Like yeah, yeah really, really <laughs> important match. Yeah, right, WCW more- was just starting to hit its strides as well. Um, yeah, big time in wrestling back then. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's a really important match. I have one that's uh, a little bit more not obscure because. You've probably seen it, but it's not looked upon as I think it should be. And I'm talking about Batista versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 23 in 2007. Um, The streak was still alive and well uh, for a while, for many years afterwards. Uh, But it was Batista versus Undertaker, and Batista starts the match with a spear. Like He just starts the match, just knocks him down, and it's the best, one of the best big man matches I've ever seen. And I don't know why it's not talked about because obviously it wasn't anything like Shawn Michaels and Taker. Like nothing can, none of other Taker's other matches really compare to those. But it was such a good big man battle. Batista kills him, power slam through the table, spear. He's punching him, and there's no filler. There's no laying around in the ring waiting for somebody to get up. Batista is doing everything he can. He's constantly punching him, constantly clotheslining him. Taker's just trying to stay alive but you cannot kill The Undertaker in 2007, and he hits the tombstone and beats him. And they break the announce table, and everyone's going nuts, and it's 30 minutes of two guys throwing bombs. So it's just, I so enjoyed it. More so than, it wasn't really an important match, but it was so enjoyable that I just have to mention it. So go watch it. If you don't have the network, Vimeo, YouTube, you can find it. Trust me, I have. It's right on YouTube right here. I I got it up in front of me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you've been working over there. (laughs) I wasn't even watching you. All right. So, uh, yeah, no, that's my recommendation. Uh, Check out out the Monstral Screwjob or any of the supplementary material material surrounding that. Check out the English language, too. (laughs) I'll get into that one, I promise, soon. Um, Or Batista Undertaker or both. Um, So, until next week, this is Ringmaster's Podcast. I am Grant Lefebvre. I'm Jameson Galloway. All right, and we'll see you next time, Marks. Bye.